Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast recording live on tape. Live and, live and in person. Yeah. But but on tape. Uh, from the Tempe Mission Palms Hotel, just a stone's throw away for Blake Barnett, not Manny Wilkins, uh, from Sun Devil Stadium where ASU won in a game that leaves a lot more questions than answers. I'm Ben Gleason alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. Matt, what's your broad scope takeaway from ASU's 36-31 win over the Aggies? Well, I mean, I said this week that it could be a game that you finish with more points. And so you won, but you feel like in some ways you didn't win. And, and you know, there's some good things to like. It's certainly, you know, we're up by 24 going, you know, early in the fourth. And so the score, almost a little misleading. It wasn't really that close, but... A lot of things to be concerned about. What At the half, ASU was up 14-13, the difference being an extra point block that ASU got. Brandon Ruiz had a chance to uh, give the Sun Devils a four-point lead but missed a 56-yard field goal. He did come back on the first drive of the second half and drill a 52-yarder. It was an up-and-down game for him. He missed an extra point, hit a 50-yarder, missed a 50-yarder. But for me, overall, I thought the special teams was solid. If I had to nitpick one thing, it would have been having Jacob Brimhall Mm -hmm. on the punt return. I can understand why you don't want Balazs back there. Kyle Williams only came into the game for a couple jet sweeps. Mm -hmm. I would have been interested in seeing him take a shot at returning. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder, and I don't know this, but we didn't see Ryan Newsom tonight. Apparently, you know, he had a minor injury, and so he didn't play, and um, maybe he's somebody, you know, given his speed that he could factor in that. Um, uh, you know, I, I thought special teams was okay, like you said. Um, Ruiz, you know, the 56-yarder had plenty of leg. He pulled it, um, but he's got the leg strength, and, you know, 52-yarder actually wasn't as strong a kick, but he got it there and made it. Um, you know, in the touchbacks on the kickoffs, um, you know, we talked about that leading up to the season. And, and you know, he the first one was short of a touchback. Everything else after that was. Um, so I thought he was good. Yeah, you know, overall solid on that department. I thought, you know, coverage was pretty good. Um, you know, punt coverage, et cetera. Offense was meh. You know, some highlights, some lowlights. Same for the defense. Um you know, it was a game that, that leaves you with more questions than answers, I think, right now. So let's talk about – I want to start with the defense because that's where the big issue for me of the game lies, which is something that I wasn't even paying attention to until you mentioned it. The defensive starting 11 appeared to play every snap of the first half and was on pace to play every snap of the second half until Karan Crump got injured and – had to sit for one play and was replaced by Rennell Wren. That was the play that was the interception return by Kobe Williams for a touchdown. And then there were a couple other times where Wren came in. We saw Shannon Foreman replace Deshaun Smallwood for one play, burning his red shirt, which we'll set burning red shirts aside because that's another issue. But, you know, Phil Bennett's first game leaves me with a lot of questions. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I wasn't really looking for it. You know, it's not like I went into the game thinking, well, I want to see, you know, but we heard a lot about some, especially in the secondary, some of these different guys and how they would play out and that the, you know, the depth chart seemed to change every day, who was first team, who was second team. Now, apparently we had a couple of guys suspended, um, so that factors in, but there were other guys, you know, Darian Cornet, who we heard a lot about, I don't think he played all night. I mean, he might have played on special teams. I don't think he played on defense. 
Yeah. Um, Malik Lawal, I didn't see him on defense. Um, Dion Guinard, didn't see him on defense. I mean, again, not stars, but, it, you know, it's just, to me, it is not, I said this to you throughout the game in the second half, it worked tonight, but this is not sustainable. You cannot go in against Texas Tech on the road when they run, you know, 110 plays against Oregon. And we don't know if Oregon's going to be the same up-tempo style, but, you know, everybody runs some up-tempo, basically. I mean, even even teams like Stanford and Utah run some up-tempo now. That's college football. And and to think you're going to be, you know, making it with just 11 guys on defense is the fool's paradise. Well, I mean, I think some of that was borne out in the second half. You saw – or, I'm sorry, in the second quarter, you saw the defense came out strong. Uh-huh. The first possession, stop, touchdown. On the, on the first yeah. day out. Yeah, I mean, three and out. Yeah. So it looked good, but the problem was when there was no substitution and there was no change. Yeah. I mean, you look at it, you know, and, and maybe it's coincidence, um, but, you know, the the win, win was all their scoring. They scored 13 in the second quarter, and they scored 18 in the fourth quarter. What's the commonality there? The defense was on the field. They didn't, you know, you get a halftime. You know, you come out strong, you look good. You know, you get a halftime for the third quarter, a little chance to rest. Um, and, and, you know, it looked worn down. We were slower to the ball, um, not finishing tackles. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I mean, to me, it was, it was a lot fatigue. Um, you know, I know we're not the deepest team in the front seven, but you got to get some guys in, um, you know, we've, we've heard some mentions of names and guys just didn't, didn't see the field at all or barely did, uh, you know, only out of necessity, like we said. I mean, there was no George Lee. There was no right. Doug Subtle. Even even in moments where the game felt like it was yeah. well in hand, where you could have subbed them in for a series right, or right. something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, New Mexico State took advantage of it. Now, they made some coaching choices that, I, you know, I think both you and I disagreed with. But, you know, they were running sideline to sideline. Uh, Jaleel Scott was yeah, just very difficult to cover. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know his background. I don't know if he's... Been there, uh, you know, he's a redshirt senior, but uh, yeah, 6'6", and made a couple of circus catches, one for a touchdown, uh, you know, had a touchdown at the end of the game, too. Um, Yeah, you know, if they'd gone to him on the two two two-point conversions, we could have had a much tighter finish, um, which they, you know, they threw to him on the first one, but didn't throw a good ball. Second one, they went to the other side of the field, didn't make any sense. Yeah, that that first two-point conversion, which they had to call a timeout to decide to even... Take when you're down shot. 18 should have been an obvious thought. So, but instead they they go run a play to him, and immediately after it was intercepted by Kobe Williams, which he also had a pick six in the game. Mm-hmm. Joey Bryant had the first pick. Um, right, they the were the starting draft. corners and really the only, the only corners. corners. Yeah. Um, but as soon as Williams picked off the two point, Scott turned and looked at the quarterback and just pointed up in the mm-hmm. air because Scott is very big. He's very tall and he's got good hands to make you know circus catches. At least he did tonight. Yeah, I don't know much about the kid. I, I don't know anything about the kid besides he's big and he made a couple impressive catches tonight. And he was tough, tough to cover. Um, you know, overall, I, I just I think I told you coming back. I think incomplete on the defense. Uh, we got to see him against better competition. Which we knew going in, regardless of how good they looked or how, you know, well, I guess if they had looked really bad, it'd be a different story. They looked good in spots. Um, you know, Jamarcus Rhodes, I think both of us agreed, was one of the better players on the defense, made a, several sure tackles. It was good to get Christian Sam back. Karan Crump had two sacks. I think we had five total. You know, so good good in spots, but we got to see him against better teams. And, 
again, I just I don't care how good your starting eleven is. If you don't play anybody else, they're going to get worn down and they're going to get beat. I mean, you could have the eighty-five Bears, and if you put them out there for ninety snaps against good offenses, they're going to get worn down and give up yards and points. So that just to me will not work. The other thing to me that is worth noting about the defense and the choice made to not play any of the second team was that you're also just flirting with disaster when it comes to injuries. We saw Karan Crump jog off the field with an injury and they wound up putting him back in Mm -hmm. and it turns out the game wasn't in doubt, but it felt like at the time he should have sat for a series or two. Right. Right. You know, and to the extent that we are going to be reliant on this set of starters, which it seems like we will, you're going to have to pick spots where they can't play. You need to protect them. Yeah. I mean, you know, you see it all the time on offense with guy, you know, you have a great running back. You don't want him in on every snap because he's going to get worn down by midway through the third quarter. Don't you want him in the fourth quarter? You know, I mean, um, so it just doesn't make sense to me. And, and it is one thing I'm really curious. I hope the media pursues, you know, why this was the case. And if this is something that, you know, was brought about maybe because of discipline, uh, you know, okay, maybe I'd buy that if there were some guys that weren't going to play tonight and that's why we did it. But again, I keep saying it, not sustainable. You get against Texas Tech in two weeks. Maybe next week. I don't want to look past next week, but they're a more conventional offense. But you go against the air raid, and you're going to play 11 guys on defense, that's going to be a miserable night. Because, you know, it's going to be hot there, and they're going to get worn down, and they're going to end up giving up 60 points. Yeah, let's talk about, before we jump over to the offensive side of the ball, let's talk about the burned red shirts that we saw off the top. So, um, Eno Benjamin came in. Demario Richard got hurt mm-hmm. at some point during the game, and to spell Balage, they went to Eno Benjamin and Ralston, but mm-hmm. Benjamin got a couple looks. Balage had a workhorse-like day. They mm-hmm. were they kept feeding him. At one point during the first half, I turned to you and said, it's like Cedric Benson with yeah. the Longhorns. Uh-huh. You know, it, he could have been on pace for 40 yeah. touches if they needed him to. The other, the one that, to me, was the most shocking was Traylon Smith. They, they burned Shannon Foreman on defense. He came in as a replacement for Tayshawn Smallwood when his helmet popped off. But yeah. at some point, I assume you're going to have to play yeah. Foreman. If, yeah. uh, you know, unfortunately, from my perspective, he only played one play and then subbed yeah. back out, or yeah. a couple plays and Two. subbed back yeah. out. Um, they could have just put George Lee in. Yeah. Because it, at, at this point, if you're just going to play the stars, I don't see what value he's got. the option open to redshirt him, uh, you know, if he gets hurt or something yeah. like that in practice. You know, you'd like to have that option. Um, now, there was a rule discussed, and I don't believe it was passed yet, but to have it where if a guy played less than three games or something like that, that he would be able to still get a red shirt. There was some talk yeah. about that. Don't think it ever got finalized, though. So, I mean, at this point, once you've played, you've, you're in. And, yeah, I mean, doing it and, and you know. The last guy yeah. the last guy is the one that's the most shocking to me, and I think for you as yeah. well. Um, Traylon Smith, the running back who – from all accounts, has been very effective, and you think replacing Richard and mm-hmm. Balage moving forward, uh-huh. it's going to be him and Benjamin yeah. with Ralston sort of as the bridge guy yeah. for both of them, yeah. who we'll talk about him when we get to the offense. Ralston started the game at H-back and, and looked okay. Yeah. Um, but they didn't burn Traylon Smith to play offense. He was on special Not teams tonight. as a gunner. Yeah, I mean I- – you know, I, I would hope, as I told you after the game, that the long-term plans for guys like Benjamin Smith and Foreman, who I think were the three, I mean, along with Ruiz, who obviously we knew was going to play and, uh, you know, be the regular kicker, 
Um, there might have been a couple others that played on special teams. I'm not sure. But, you know, you just didn't get much out of any of them. I mean, I'm looking at the numbers. Benjamin got four carries. Smith got one carry. That must have come on the last drive because um, we didn't see him in the game, you know, at any at any of the significant points. No catches for either one. So, I mean, we don't have snap counts. Benjamin probably ended up with 10 to 15. Um, Smith maybe got a couple snaps late, but not much. Uh, you know, so you just have to hope there's a better long-term plan to get them in. I mean, again, you you know, you do have several good backs, and I don't expect either one of them to get 200 carries, um, but you want to make it worthwhile. And early returns, you know, tonight, uh, especially for Smith, not worthwhile. You know, so we'll see. On the offensive side of the ball, first two drives looked great. They yeah. came out, and, and it's funny because it almost felt like they had scripted these 15 oh, plays yeah. and had been working on just these 15 because it, everything was crisp. They were imposing their will. Mm-hmm. They got on the second drive, they got a busted coverage right. that led to a long touchdown. Two play, touchdown drive, yeah, yeah. You know, first drive, no third downs, right? Didn't, yeah. You know, marched up the field, you know, never even faced a third down. So, yeah, yeah. impressive start, and it didn't carry over. Yeah, I mean, after those two drives, they didn't score again in the first half, right. and the only reason why Ruiz was even in position was to attempt return. a field goal was Bellagio's yeah. kick return after, yeah. after the New Mexico State Yeah, we get a first down off the kick return. I mean, we, you know, we go three and out and try 56-yard field goal. So, yeah, the offense became very stagnant. Um, you know, and I'm looking at the numbers again. Manny – you know, 22 of 27, 300 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. So, you know, uh, by the numbers, doesn't have quarterback rating here. That's going to be a really good quarterback rating. And the numbers are good. And he had nice moments. Um, but I just I, – I felt a little underwhelmed by him. And, and as you said several times, uh, you know, the offensive line wasn't very good at all. There were times where it felt like we were running screen plays, but the only people who knew that were the offensive line. Yeah. Because – the offensive line was leaky, yeah. Um, especially at the guard spot. The right mm-hmm. guard spot was very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of pressure right in Manny's face. Yeah. You know, it's one thing, and you sort of expect it. Teams are going to bring more guys than you can block. Sure. If guys come from the outside, definitely. You know, it's tough for me to you know knock that. But the interior line play, yeah. especially sitting there, you realize. I mean. Balage was having to make guys miss in the backfield. Yeah. Manny, there were multiple times where the snap and he's already forced to roll out of the pocket and it, it wasn't mm-hmm. like the protection was rolling. He was right. just having to run for right. his life. There were times that, it, yeah, I thought he didn't get nearly enough time and, you know, Balage had the one touchdown run there in the uh, toward the end of the third quarter, um, but not a lot of times where he felt like he had a lot of space. Uh, you know, he ends up with, you know, 18 carries, 79 yards. That's, that's a workmanlike day, but... I mean, I think you hope against New Mexico State, I mean, this is a defense that was one of the worst in the country last year stopping the run, and with sacks, we finished with 79 rushing yards. That's not very good. I mean, I think they allowed, you know, I don't know what the numbers were, over 500 yards total per game, right? Yeah. And one of the worst at rush defense. Yeah. You know, not after tonight. I mean, you know, so now maybe they've improved a lot. Don't know. You know, time will tell on them as well. I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, we did not look overpowering running the ball at all, um, which is something I think we wanted to be. Didn't look that way. And, you know, Manny had some nice moments. He had the busted coverage play and he had the long throw to Humphrey, um, who, you know, very quickly I'll say Humphrey, probably the star of the night offensively, seven catches, 123 yards and a touchdown. And some of those were on very very difficult balls. And the the 60-yard touchdown, great throw by Manny, but also a great, you know, a great catch. I mean, he, you know, he ran the route well. He he 
he paced himself well, and he held on to the ball. So many times you see those, you know, and it's right on there, and the guy just, you know, it hits the ground, and, you know, you think, man, missed opportunity. So he was good, um, but he didn't see much from Nikhil Harry. Uh, Jalen Harvey had the, you know, 53-yard touchdown, only one other catch. I mean, Harry ends up with six catches for 69 yards. It was a quiet six catches, I thought. A lot of what they were doing, though, was they were rolling coverage they were. towards Harry. They were. And you could see, I mean, there were times when they were lining up Harry by himself on one side and the, yeah. the safety wouldn't move. was the over safe. the top, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, that's going to happen. I mean, he's got, he got the bullseye on his back because he was really good last year. Well, and the thing that they used Harry for, you know, and we'll get to Humphrey. Mm-hmm. And obviously, as Matt mentioned earlier, Newsom didn't play, so we didn't get a, yeah. an assessment on him. But... Harry started to almost be used as a first down guy. Yes. He was picking up, going to the sticks and turning around, and he was using his big body to yeah. box out. And it wasn't, you know, a couple times he turned those by breaking tackles yeah. and made a little more out of it than, yeah. you know, he should have. The first catch he had was, you know, probably a four-yard pass that he turned into a 14-yard pass, you know. So, yeah. But Manny overall, you know, 300 yards, we talked about during the game. They got the win. It's kind of a Taylor Kelly effort. You look up and the numbers look pretty good. It was. It um, was. Yeah, but it just – it didn't feel that way to me. And, again, maybe I'm judging him with a harsh curve because I think you and I both thought Blake Barnett would be the starter. There was no movement toward that at all in the fall. And so I told you I was hoping to see Manny come out and just look great and be, you know – so good that we thought, wow, well, that's why, you know, that's why we never heard much about Blake Barnett. Well, after Manny the second just, drive, you yeah. thought that was what yeah, it was. exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was six for six for a hundred and nine yards and and a touchdown. You know, man, this guy is on fire. And then it just it cooled. Now he did pick it up in the second half. Um, you know, he had the long touchdown pass. He had a couple good throws on the drive where Balaj scored to finish it. Um, you know, one to JJ Wilson. That was a good throw. And a good catch. Um, very good catch, yeah. You know, and one to Humphrey on that same drive where Humphrey made a, you know, kind of a diving catch over the middle. Um, so, it, you know, he picked it up a little. His numbers looked really good, as I said. But just one of those where I kind of – I was hoping to see more because, again, you factor in the opponent and you factor in that, you know, you're going to have some games where you need a quarterback to be special. And I just didn't see that tonight. The one thing that was very clear about Manny tonight – well, two things. One, protecting the ball. No mm-hmm. turnovers. Yeah. And he didn't really put it in jeopardy. No, never. No. Um, which was a, a big improvement from mm. how he was last year. The other thing was protecting himself. He didn't put himself in jeopardy. True. No matter how bad the line play was, and he got hit a lot, and he, he got sacked a, a number of times. But whenever he had the space to scramble, yeah. he slid. Or he got, got out of down. bounds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he did better at that. We didn't see the hurdles. We didn't see the taking on contact. And that's good because... You know, he got hurt last year. I mean, you know, early in the year it was this great story. Oh, he's got all these hurdles, and and then he got hurt, and then he came back and he got hurt again, and he was never quite the same. And um, you know, now I think we've I think we've got a good backup, but we don't know much about Blake Barnett. We don't know if he could step in and be as effective. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he's got to protect himself because you know we we need him to play as much as he can, obviously. And you know, again, I, I think with him, just like I said with the defense incomplete. I need to see more. I need to see them play better teams and it'll start next week. You know, we face a pretty good team next week that, that, uh, you know, will, will be more than capable of beating the team that we just were. Uh, we're going to have to be better to win that game. A couple things that I saw from Billy Napier and, uh, 
the sparky formation is still there. There were direct snaps to Balaj in short yeah. yardage and around the goal line. Also saw the quarterback punt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny landed it inside that's, the 20. That's got to be a Todd Graham special. Yeah, you know, I'm sure on Billy Napier's first day, he was probably told, uh, fourth down, here's what we do. <laughs> uh, and don't try to change it because this is my calling card. So, yeah, yeah, some things were the same. What we didn't see was a defensive timeout, kind of a mm-hmm. surprise. Um, and, and, you know, we didn't see a lot of big plays allowed. We yeah. saw a couple there late. But, again, I, I attribute that to fatigue more than anything else. I don't attribute that to – poor assignments or poor <laughs> poor scheme it was yeah. just I, I felt like there were guys out there too much and yeah. you know god it was hot tonight i mean it was 109 degrees at kickoff i believe um you know 90 degrees plus for the entire game that's tough yeah there were there were no obvious blown assignments yeah there was no communication breakdown it was better it was yeah. better in that regard but again we got to see it against better teams. We got to see it against teams that will exploit the mistakes because maybe there were, and we just didn't see. You know, yeah, it's we always were the, tough. I mean, we were the beneficiary of a couple drops yes. and a couple times. It there may have been, you know, running backs running free in the flat yes. where the ball was behind the them and see it. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. So, so we got to see better competition. I mean, I don't think we'll be able to really assess how much this defense has grown until probably the end of September. By that point, we will have gone on the road to Texas Tech which is a great passing team. We will have faced Oregon, and we will have gone on the road to Stanford. So we're going to have some good offenses by that point to say, all right, where are we? Are we horrible? Are we middle of the road? You know, And that's probably the two options. Yeah, one thing that I think we should note, we talked about that we both thought Jamarcus Rhodes looked good. He was we because we never substituted. Yeah. He was effectively playing nickel yeah. corner, yeah, and, along with linebacker, yeah. 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 And he was having to follow running backs into the flat. He was having to guard third wide receivers. I I was stunned when a few times New Mexico State came out four wide, yeah. and we didn't no change. substitutes. It no. was just all we did was move Chad Adams down, and he was covering somebody. Yeah, and we were making Rhodes yeah. cover somebody, which also I think might speak a little bit to how they feel about. Dasmond title Atasi yeah, coverage yeah. because he did not right. really wind up in one-on-one coverage right. at all. Which again, you know, another thing I say, we'll see how this team does when they're facing teams with four and five and six good wide receivers. We probably didn't see that tonight. You know, Scott looked really good. There wasn't anybody else who seemed explosive. But soon you're going to face that. And, and you know, then we're going to see, okay, can Jamarcus Rhodes be an effective, you know, cover guy? Can Chad Adams – do we see, you know, some of these other guys that we did not see tonight um, factor in? Because, yeah, you know, I just don't think you can live with that against teams that have the same depth or better that we have at wide receiver, which, you know, wide receiver depth, pretty good tonight. Humphrey looked good, as I said, you know. Uh, Harvey had made a nice play. Um, you know, we didn't see Newsom so hard to hard to tra- track that one. Williams, I don't know if he had a catch, but he had a couple carries. Yeah, there was um, the one guy who you you heard a lot about who you didn't see at all was Darby. Right. You know, I think he played a little. I don't think he had a catch. Um, but, again, I mean, that's going to be when you've got you've got six or seven wide receivers, when you've got two tight ends, when you've got running backs, you know, there's going to be nights. You're not going to get them all five-plus catches. I mean, you know, to, to do that, you'd have to have 50 completions. That You know, that ain't going to happen. Um, so – it's going to be hopefully, uh, you know, what comes and goes. And, you know, you have John Humphrey tonight with seven catches. Maybe next week it's somebody else who has that seven for 120 and Humphrey maybe only has two or three. You know, that that should hopefully be the way this offense can be with different options. Some guys will emerge, one or two, I'm sure, as the better ones 
Um, but, you know, you'll have a night where Frank Darby has six catches, and then the next week he might have zero. Um, that's okay. You know, you, you spread the ball around and get different guys involved, hopefully. So beyond the game, let's talk about the redesigned Sun Devil Stadium. Yeah. You know, the new scoreboard was up, and there was a two-minute at the beginning of the game <laughs> scary time. So, so the way they did it, which was interesting, is they put a countdown clock on the big scoreboard, and it was it. That was it. There was a black scoreboard with a white clock counting down. And when the clock hit zero, the intro film started on the two old scoreboards, Mm -hmm. which looked a lot more crisp than they have in the past, and didn't start. Nothing happened on the big scoreboard. And yeah, you could just feel the the panic. I mean, as as somebody who, you know, we both went to ASU and I worked there for a couple years and you do take pride in this and you hate to be the butt of jokes. And, and it, you know, it just, there was that moment of panic thinking, oh man, you know, you can just see the headline, you know, oh, hey, you made a big deal at their scoreboard, then it doesn't work on the opening game. So fortunately it kicked on. Maybe that was the plan all along. I don't know. Didn't seem like it. it seemed like there was some uneasiness, but it kicked on. We got the big video of Sparky waking his way through town. Quick note, shocked that it includes University of Phoenix Stadium. Did, I don't know if it did in the past. Maybe it did. Stunning to me, given the history between the Cardinals and the Sun Devils. But maybe that's, you know, in the past. Maybe things are better now. Um, but nonetheless, he made his way through the valley. He stomped in the bus. He put the pitchfork in the stadium. The fireworks blew off. It was good. And and the scoreboard was, was cool as the game went along. You know, one thing I would say they might want to work on is the closed captioning because the bar is on the bottom all the time. You put up a replay of a guy, you know, did he get inbounds and it's blocked by the black bar. They might want to figure out a better, like, you know, just minimize the video so that the bar can be there but it's not blocking the video, something like that. I don't know. Technology is not my thing on that. But that was an issue. But, yeah, it was cool. You know, right when we walked in, even when it was just a clock, I thought, man, that's impressive, you know, considering what I've looked at in the past there. It definitely gives the stadium a different kind of feel. It does. And, and you know, you and I walked around the, what is it, the west side where we sat. And, I mean, it was like that last year. But I think for the first time I really paid attention. And it just it felt like we were in a different stadium. You know, the signage was different. And then we, then we walked over to the east side and it was like stepping, you know, back to the future. You know, you, you step you step back. You know, you come down a flight of steps and, it's you know, you're back at old Sun Devil where we went to college and where the Cardinals used to play. And it won't look like that for much longer. But, yeah, it's, it's weird because one side of the stadium looks like this fancy, new, crisp, and the other side still looks old and beat up. Yeah, I, I think there's not a more stark contrast than the two beer gardens at the stadium. <laughs> um, in the north end zone, there is a beer garden, yeah. which in its own right is kind of unique because for years there was no alcohol right. sales at Sun Devil Stadium during ASU games. And that has a view, you know, you look out across Lot 49 into the State Farm area at, you know, the Tempe Town Lake, Salt River. You can see where the bridge goes across. You you can see – Big area too. Big old patio could probably hold, you know, hundreds of people. You know, it wasn't very crowded when we were there, but I'm sure it got more crowded as the crowd filed in. And it's open air. There's nothing over your head. And then when you go to the east side, they have what they consider – or what, I shouldn't say they can say what they've labeled a beer garden. The same, la- same signage. Yeah, yeah, it is the exact same signage. <laughs> the one on the east side is different. <laughs> it's it's much smaller. It looks dirty. Uh huh. It is manned by one person with one security guard to check IDs, 
it has a window that opens into the concession stand right next door. <laughs> there was nobody in it, and if you weren't looking for it, you wouldn't have seen it. Yeah, I mean, it's almost to the point where I wonder why they even bother having it. Just have one. Um, because it is kind of laughable when you walk by that one and it feels like, you know, you're looking at almost a, you know, outside of a storage shed, uh, you know, there's, there's construction around because they're still working on that side of the stadium. It's very small and it, you know, yeah, it, it looked like, um, you know, a table that's set up at an expo where nobody's there except the one person trying to get you to, you know, buy their product or something like that. So yeah, it was, it was ugly looking, um, don't know why they even bother with having a second one, like I said, because everybody can get to that end of the stadium. It's not like you have to sit on that side to get to the north end. Um, but, hey, that's what they did. Um, you know, it will be cool when the stadium is finished, I think, and everybody knows that. Um, this was another step to get the facility. Obviously, that's something the public doesn't see, but, you know, the players have raved about it. Um, you know, one of the top ten in the nation. There's like 52 schools that say they have one of the top 10 facilities in the nation. So it's impossible. That could be true, but that's what we hear. Um, that, you know, and, and that's good. You know, we saw some scoreboard video of that. And for somebody, you know, like me who, you know, was spent a lot of time in the Carson center and saw the football locker room and stuff, I'm looking at that and thinking, man, that looks really cool. You know, they have their own meal room and, and, you know, like that's, that looks big time. So that's good. And, you know, and, and, and to finish the North side with the board and, you know, one more step in it, I guess, which will happen this off season, which will be cool. Yeah, and the last thing on the north side, you know, the Tillman statue looks great. It is what it's supposed to be. Yeah, it, yeah. It's stark. You know what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a reminder of him and what he means to the school yeah. and the community. Watching the team come in around that through the new Tillman tunnel is pretty it's exciting. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, it, it's not play like a champion today, but traditions have to start somewhere and hopefully this is the start of a tradition you know i mean it it's not something you can just snap your fingers and say we've got this great tradition the tillman tunnel but you know hopefully this is the start of something that 20 30 40 years from now we look at and say man you know we were there when that started and teams are still honoring that you know many coaches later many players later uh, will be old and gray and you know and it'll still be something that they're doing i hope so it was a fun night it was definitely more questions than answers. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and we knew that. We knew uh, probably regardless. Um, if we had come out and won 77 to nothing, I would feel better than I do. But I'd still say, well, who did we play? You know, and, and teams are going to be better. Um, because we didn't win anything close to 77 to nothing, there's more questions. Uh, and, you know, that's the beauty of it. We'll keep getting those answers. Now there's a game – Every week except one until the end of November. And, you know, we're in it. We've spent a lot of time previewing football. We did, what, a five-part football season preview uh, and many, many talks over the summer. And here we are. Opening day has arrived. We're here. So that's good. It's a fun moment and looking forward to the next one in nine days. Yes, sir. Uh, Before we go, just quickly, it was a thank you to Greg Powell for meeting us for lunch today at Dave's Doghouse. Thank you to Kevin Brady for fighting the game traffic despite not going to the game to come have dinner with us here at the hotel. Yes, good good guys, both of you. It was fun uh, catching up. And and Ben, thanks for coming down. A uh, good time. We're glad we got to see a game in person. Uh, you know, we did one last year. We did one this year. And uh, you and I will see another college football game in person, but it will not be ASU involved. Um, but so glad we got to see one here as well. Since this will certainly – 
be my only ASU game in person this year. I hope that they uh, don't yeah. need me since yes, they haven't as won. As we talked about, uh, Ben has seen the last two wins that ASU has had uh, tonight and October 8th of 2016 um, and six losses in between that and a long, long offseason. So hopefully uh, that streak will end next week, but you know, hopefully soon enough that streak will end because it will be the last one you see, and I don't want to see one in 11. It would be very bad if we make it to November, and that's still the case. I agree. Elisa, thanks for being a good sport about us giving your son a Sparky doll. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.